You're listening to the Young Baptist Podcast, a show that exists to call believers to committed faithfulness to God's Word, to equip Christians by answering the tough questions that need to be asked, and to challenge churches on everything that distracts us from the beauty and glory of Christ. Now, here's your hosts, Clay Maynard and Josh Johnson. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Young Baptist Podcast. My name is Josh Johnson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Clay Maynard. We're two guys committed to the centrality of the gospel, and we want to see our brothers and sisters captivated all over again by the beauty and glory of Christ. Good evening, Clay. How's it going, man? It's going great, Josh. How are you? Well, considering that we haven't sat down and recorded together in like two months, this is cool. (laughs) That's not entirely true, but it's partly true. It feels like it's been a long time. It does feel like a long time. It's been one thing after the other lately, Josh, but um, I'm really glad to be back here with you. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a a special guest on tonight. Uh, Some of our listeners, you may be familiar with Pastor Stephen Cox from Twitter. And uh, (laughs) that's how we knew Pastor Stephen Cox. And we were just telling him right before we hit record. Uh, he's that guy that we're like, man, one day we hope we get to be in the presence of such a glorious what? beard. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pastor yeah. Cox, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on tonight. Man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm truly honored to be asked to uh, come on and um, be an encouragement to you guys and to all your listeners. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we've, you know, we're really excited because I've just from a distance, uh, you know, kind of watched closer as I see, you know, the way you've been praising God for what's happening there, uh, where you minister at Bible Baptist in Simpsonville. Um, yeah. And of course, um, you know, when you see that, you, you're always interested to, it's one of those things where it's like, come and see, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. where you hear when God's doing something that's, that's awesome. You just kind of want to, you want to praise God with those people. You want to pray for yeah. them. You know, you want to encourage them in whatever way you can. And so we were really excited to, when Josh and I talked about it, we said, let's see if, if Pastor Cox would come on yeah. um, I'm glad it and talk to us about what God's doing there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Even on, even on Thanksgiving week, you were willing to, uh, yeah, no, it's <laughs> to stop good. in with us, man. I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad it worked out. This is great. Yeah. And we've been, I've actually really enjoyed uh, your podcast. If you've not listened to it yet, it's the Real Vintage yeah. Podcast. Is that right? Yeah, Real Vintage. Yeah. I haven't done an episode. I'm kind of like you guys. It's been a couple months. So life circumstances has kind of jumped in and we're busy with this building and um, we'll jump back at it. You know, it's it's just more of a, an encouraging little podcast. Um, so, you know, we're, if I get to, to it, I'll do. But if, if not, then, you know, oh, well, I'll get to it in another week. Sure. Yeah, yeah if, if I could make a recommendation, you did, and I don't know if I'll get the names of the episode right, but you did one, basically some lessons I've learned in ministry. Yeah. You did, it was it was a couple yeah. of parts even, yeah. uh, but if you want to go listen to uh, some really good episodes on, on re- the Real Vintage podcast, I recommend those. Those were a real blessing. Thank you. Yep. Just trying to be a blessing to young preachers and pastors and uh, ministry leaders and even lay leaders. Um, you know, if I could go back and do some things over, um, there are some things I would, and uh, you just kind of live and learn, you know? And so I right. thought I'd put them out on a podcast and hopefully, and it was, there was a lot of folks that listened and, and you get a good response. And so I'm glad it helped a few people. So Pastor Cox, if you could just introduce yourself a little bit to our audience, those maybe who are not as familiar with you, and introduce uh, us to the ministry that God's called you to there in South Carolina. Well, um, I'm Stephen Cox. I've been pastor at this uh, church here, Bible Baptist in Simpsonville, for uh, nearly six years. Came in the spring of 2016 from Trinity Baptist Church in Moxville, North Carolina, where I where I grew up um, in North Carolina. I was born in West Virginia. My dad has pastored the same church. Uh, next month will be 39 years, and wow. uh, he's been he's been pastoring that church. It's a good sized church. Uh, Daryl Cox he he preaches um, a lot out in uh, different places, encourages younger uh, preachers and churches. And so mm-hmm. um, I was groomed and kind of raised in a in a godly home um, with a good mother and a good dad, and just uh, raised in a great church. Went to Christian school. Uh, went off to Bible college, met my wife, and uh, we've been married for nearly 17 years. 
got three beautiful children. And um, Jake, he's uh, just got his driver's license. He's a defensive end for Woodruff High School football. They went to the playoffs, lost in the second round. Um, six foot three, uh, big, big boy. Um, but uh, that's, that's my oldest. And then my middle girl, uh, Peyton, she's in the ninth grade. And then I have a little girl. Uh, she's in the third grade. Her name is Colby. And uh, we have been here uh, just loving on these people, trying to reach our community for Christ. And uh, we just um, love what God has done and what he's doing and uh, how he's how he's working here at our church. And so that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. And uh, what uh, how I even how I even got here is another story. So <laughs> that's a great story. Sure. Well, uh, if you'd like, let's, let's maybe kind of pivot into that. If you, if you could tell us a little bit about the story there at Bible Baptist and, uh, what God has done in that last six years since you've been there. So I was, uh, the associate pastor at, uh, Trinity Baptist for about 12 years, youth pastor. Uh, well, I was there for 13 years. I was a youth pastor for, I'd say about nine or 10 of those years. And I had a great youth group, uh, traveled and preached at youth conferences and uh, took the youth choir around to different meetings and just had a good, just had a good, uh, a good uh, ministry going there. And in my heart, I knew that God was wanting me to pastor. And the way that we had it, it was just me and my dad. And, and I think uh, my dad was really wanting me to uh, maybe take the church one day. Uh, that we had had those discussions. And um, I just felt in my heart, although it would be an honor because it's such a great church, that I did not feel that's what God had for me because I, I just felt like I, I it, it was just different. I can't explain it, but it was different. And so we, uh, I'd preached in this church uh, that I'm at, Bible Baptist. I'd preached a little revival two years, one, uh, let's see, not two years in a row, but one year before. And then I was asked to preach a revival in spring of 16. And when I preached that revival here, just there was about 40 people uh, in the evening. It was just a small little work and uh, sweet people and uh, 40 or 50 people that would come to the meeting. And but a lady got saved. And I just fell in love with this church. I fell in love with this area. And uh, the pastor had talked to me a little bit about becoming the pastor, he had actually mentioned to me, like, what, what would you think about uh, maybe taking this church? And I kind of blew it off, you know, like, man, I'm, I don't know, you know, and uh, sure enough, he got up in front of the people the next Sunday and he said, the guy y'all just heard, y'all need to call him as the pastor. And uh, he <laughs> wow, dropped, that's crazy. He kind of dropped it on the church a little bit. Some of the leaders knew that he was maybe going to retire or whatever, but uh, the church did not. So they contacted me uh, officially and asked me if I would come down and uh, possibly interview uh, with the deacons. And I remember at the time there were six deacons, and I think one of them, he stepped off uh, as soon as the pastor did. So there was five. And um, they interviewed me and my wife, and they said, would you stay and preach on Sunday? So I did, and they voted on the spot. Um, there was 87 people that Sunday. I'm talking about, I didn't even have a chance to walk out. It was like, wow. <laughs> and, oh man. And then they had an hour question answer before this was, this was, uh, I felt like I was interrogated. Um, good question. <laughs> no, nope. you know, yeah. no prep time. No prep time. It was, on <laughs> it was on the that'd spot. be ready. That'd be ready to give an answer. It took on a whole That's new meaning. Exactly right. There. right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> from everybody. So then, um, they uh, they voted a hundred percent. It was a silent mm. ballot. Wow! They, they just did it. You know, kind of did that the right way. And my wife and I agreed to come uh, to to Bible Baptist Church. And uh, so I, I I resigned my position at Trinity. It was tough. It was one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. And I came to Bible Baptist literally on faith. Um, the church was again there were sweet people, but it was. Um, Kind of, it kind of hit a stale spot. It hadn't grown. It was going the other way for, uh, you know, just it just hadn't grown. And uh, was, there was not a whole lot of what I would call energy, really enthusiasm that I was hoping. And so um, 
we just started right away. We just started kind of putting our our hand to the plow, and we were praying and working and and uh, discipling new converts. I I would go out, and uh, I remember the first Saturday that I I got here. Um, th- there was really no outreach, and that was part of the problem. There was really no community outreach, no no uh, gospel centrality. So. I uh, asked one of the deacons, I said, guys, would you come with me and let's just pick an area and let's just go canvas and and uh, talk to folks about the Lord. And so uh, we did. And the first door I knocked on, uh, there it was nobody immediately came to the door. And so I, I moved to the second door. It was an apartment complex. And as soon as I knocked on the second door, the first door opened up and a guy stick, stuck his head out uh, of the uh, door, and he said, can I help you? I look like I just woke him up. And uh, I said, uh, yeah, I wanted to invite you to Bible Baptist. I'm the brand new pastor. I didn't even have, I didn't even have literature with my name on it. I was just, uh, I was so eager to see God do something. And, uh, he, I, and to make a long story short with him, I, I witnessed to him, and he said, I don't really have time right now. So he, he, um, he said, you may see me tomorrow. And uh, I thought, you know, I could smell a little alcohol. I thought that maybe, um, you know, who I didn't know if he would be honest or not. Uh, mm-hmm. Sunday morning, my first official service, uh, about 15 minutes into the service, the doors open and here comes his name's Roy. And Roy walks in, looks mm-hmm. around. And um, anyway, at the end of the service, Roy got saved. And wow. and. Uh, I, I was privileged to baptize him, and, and now Roy is one of the ushers in our church. Nearly hmm. six years later, he went through that's cool. discipleship. I, to me, just stories like that, and there's multiple stories like that that God started confirming um, some things in my heart. And the church, again, after probably a year, it really started growing. Um, and then we, the second year in, our church caught on fire. Um, someone had broke through one of our windows. Uh, about about two years into my pastorate and um, mm-hmm. started a fire in my office and it burned all of my Bibles and my commentaries. And uh, wow. we, lost, Goodness. we actually lost our building, um, the, the sanctuary where we were actually um, our worship uh, place. And so we had to move to the fellowship hall. And that's where we have been the last four <laughs> years. We converted, been there, done that. We converted our <laughs> fellowship hall to our sanctuary and uh, so we have a few more weeks in that until until we get into the new building wow so let me ask you like you mentioned the the building burned down and i believe i had heard that somewhere before that your building had burned yeah. did was it somebody you guys knew did they catch that guy was it like an enemy of the church or just some crazy something just the police believe i mean we have video surveillance and all we we had no enemies that we knew of um right someone was looking for money and they believe it was someone that um, that might have been even homeless. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that it was somebody that had some dealings with the church in years past. They took mm-hmm. one of our church vans. They knew where the keys were. I mean, you know, there was something. Uh, yeah. So um, I, we have a good indicate, but you, you know, and that's neither here or there. Uh, they they that's were just wild, such a wild thing for him to camp was. out in your office and start a fire. Yeah. That's such a that's such a crazy thing to experience. Yeah. And we, you know, loosen those things. Um, you know, it messed with me for a while. I, I, I really went through a dark spot after that for about, I don't know, four or five months. I mean, I fell kind of in a, in a depression. I uh, couldn't preach. Uh, I would preach or at least try to preach. And then I would just cry. Um, you know, it, it was tough mm. because I'd never been there before. Uh, two weeks after the or not two weeks, about a month after the fire, we had set up a tent in the back of our property to use uh, for, um, you know, classes. We didn't have any at, at the time we needed space. And and, a, and mm-hmm. a storm came through and and tore that tent up just a month wow. after our fire. And uh, I mean, it was a big tent, twisted poles. They said it was a what they call a microburst. And uh, the Lord was just taking me through a season right into my pastor it two years in that I, um, it was just a, it was a tough, a little tough valley that we were in, but we got through it and, uh, mm-hmm. we persevered and literally we grew through that little season. Mm. Um, yeah. I think God was growing me more than he was growing the church. Um, I was kind of getting, well, 
I was kind of mm. getting uh, introduced to the ministry. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was a little, orient, little orientation. Huh? Oh, my. And uh, I wouldn't <laughs> wish that on nobody. But we were there. And then uh, so we've been in our fellowship hall. And then this past spring, um, we we have it's a unique situation, but we have 20 acres here. And at the top of our facility or at the top of our uh, property, through some trees, um, there was a little, i say a little bit, a nice Presbyterian building, uh, beautiful, very unique. Um, and it's set up there. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard the name Jay Adams. Jay Adams, he wrote a book on Christian counseling. Yeah. He, he started mm-hmm. that church. Uh, in 19- wow. I founded that church. So uh, very unique. And uh, Jim Elliott, son-in-law, crazy. Walt Shepard, he pastored that church. So it had a really rich, really huh. rich heritage there. The church, unfortunately, went under. And hmm. so one of the ladies in our church was a, a friend of some folks that, that now come here. But uh, they um, they told her, they said, our church just met for the last time. And we, um, uh, so I called the presbytery there in Greenville. And I just said, hey, um, or uh, is it true that the church is no longer meeting in that building? They said it's true, and I said, "What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the building?" And they said, "Well, uh, we think we're going to sell it." And so my wheels started turning, and I thought, "Man, mm-hmm. we've been praying for a building. It's a beautiful building on the inside, has classrooms, nurseries. It's just, it's just uh, nice." And then it adjoins our property, and I said, "Lord, I don't know what you're doing." but I'm going to go through this door until you shut it. And I I met with our leadership. I met with our church. We all were in agreement that we would uh, go forward, make a, make an offer, go through this process. And to make a long story short, we closed on it about two months ago and uh, we'll be moving in it officially in January. And um, it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, It's not, not huge, like a huge auditorium. We'll probably gain, I don't know, maybe a hundred seats, but it's just, we're not in our fellowship hall anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is another, this is another, another step of growth. This is another leap of faith. And, uh, and we, and really I'm as equally excited about the rooms and the nurseries and all the things yeah. with it because it's, uh, and it comes with four acres of land it, and it literally God, God did this for us. And that's what, yeah. I'll be honest. That's what excites me. Just seeing the hand of God on our ministry. So that was exciting for me. Yeah. Pastor, we, to you talking about those first couple of years, I feel I, I was, you know, cause I've been here at fellowship for the last, uh, about three and a half years, something like that. Uh, our pastor, uh, pastor Tyler, bro, he got here in April of 2017. Mm-hmm. In October of 2018, he had been here just over a year. They had done some renovations in the church to just update some very old looking things and just to just yeah. to improve the building. It's a very nice building, very some really good facilities here. Um, and then Hurricane Michael came to Panama City and destroyed our town. Absolutely. Yeah. It was one of the strongest. It's a category five hurricane. 80% yeah. of uh, of uh 80% of our houses were unlivable. It was it was a absolutely catastrophic event and it it destroyed the the auditor the the main sanctuary and you know all the buildings attached like there was a there was a fellowship hall building yeah. <laughs> that thank god it remained pretty, pretty I mean, much unharmed had some minor yeah. scratches and we did we were what was it was it over a year we were in that we were in that what, a year and a half or oh how many days i counted it i think it was 300 no, like 370 days. It was so like just a, almost a, a perfect number. Yeah. 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 So we were in that fellowship all for a year. And and it is like you said, like we had a few little like buildings or a few little rooms on the side. But, you know, yep. a visitor would come in after church started and you walk in that back door and that door would slam right in the middle of the site. Like right. You were in the sanctuary. You were standing in the sanctuary when you came in that door. So like everybody yep. would, you know, would turn and look. And then, of course, you're like trying to shuffle kids off to like side yep. rooms and stuff. And it is amazing because God... God doesn't need our nice facilities and he'll use whatever he wants to use. That's right. And, and I'm amazed because that happened in 2018. And then we, 2019 was spent rebuilding the sanctuary. 
And then we got into our sanctuary in 2020 in, was it February? Yep. First week of February. We got about two or three weeks of church in, in our new sanctuary before COVID happened. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, and and so I, I can sympathize when you're talking about like those first couple of years, it just yes. feeling like God, like you sit in those moments, like, God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. We're trying to serve you. We're That's trying to reach people. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it, you know, you, so I, I, I can feel when you're talking about that just feels like thing you after know. thing happens. Yeah. Right. You know, and, um, yeah. And so I, and I, I guess that's a really great transition to, you know, what do you, what would you say looking back? You mentioned, I loved how you said, uh, God was growing you as much or more than he was doing anything in the church. Um, yeah. what would you say looking back over your time, uh, in ministry as a whole, maybe even specifically there at, at Bible Baptist? What would you say are the big lessons that God's taught you so far? Well, the the lesson, I think the number one lesson that the Lord was was showing me uh, through even the fire and through some of the, the things that we've been through is that it's not, you kind of said it just a minute ago. Sometimes we focus on our abilities. We focus on our, we, we try to get, we almost try to keep God in a box and, um, mm-hmm. God was showing me that, son, this is all about me. This is not about your performance. It's not about a nice building. It's not about Mm. facilities. He was breaking me down to show me that all I needed was him. And my uh, looking back, honestly, um, trusting him through this trial and through some other trials that we've had. um, It's just keeping your eyes on the Lord, um, loving people. At the end of the day, People kept coming to our church. It smelled like smoke. Um, we had the, we had the, uh, these little partition things, dividing stuff. We we had an octagon little thing for a nursery. I'm telling you, fellas, if your church can grow through these things, and I was just literally seeing people come to Christ and folks, and I'm looking at them like, why are you jo- joining our church? Um, we have good churches around us. And I'm thinking, why here? But then it just dawned on me they, that God sent these people to you. They don't care mm-hmm. about this. They don't care about all the things as quirky and weird. They're here because they need fed. They're here because they love you. They're here because they they see the hand of God in this. And it's God's church. And that's kind of what I've learned through this whole six-year journey. And even before, um, it's his church. And he'll build his church. You do what God wants. You do the things that pleases the Lord. And he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And we had church in the parking lot before COVID. We had a few services in the parking lot before it was popular. Um, (laughs) You had practice. (laughs) I'll tell you something that happened through that. Uh, So the media got a hold of this story, the local media. And uh, mm-hmm. very, very good uh, media. They, they came. They were, man, there was an outpouring of love on us because of the, the, the trial that we were in. And I can't, I can't remember which channel it was, but one of the channels came to the Sunday after the fire. They came to a Sunday morning. We were in the fellowship hall. We literally just threw some chairs out, had an old PA system. And that place was jam-packed. Um, we since have knocked out a few walls and made it a little bigger, but it was packed. And mm. uh, an, a man came for the first time and he got saved in the service. And, he, and, and the news channel live streamed our entire service. Wow. Which was unusual. They live streamed it on their website. And of course, they showed it on the, the 11 o'clock news. And uh, what's, what's amazing That's is crazy. the girl that was covering the uh covering the whole the news anchor real sweet girl she came to me with tears after and i I dealt with her after um the uh the service and she just said i want to give my heart back to god i've been away and Mm. it it was just it was one of those god moments that if you that you just would have to see it was one of those things god was leading me on this journey and although i was hurting i was seeing God's hand in all of it. And looking back, it was some of the sweetest memories that I've had Mm. since I've been here. And sometimes we, in a trial, we focus on the not so pleasant parts, but we need to focus on some of the parts that God has truly taken us and molding us into what he wants us to be. 
it humbled me. Mm. It broke me. And, um, and that's what I needed. And it hurt bad. And that's, that's what I needed. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it really, wow. as you're, as you're describing, uh, what your church went through and, and, and the way you, you know, God was teaching you to see ministry. You, you were talking about it being God's church. It just makes me reflect on how often when we talk, when we think about growing the church, when we think about developing yeah. ministry, when we think about, we've got all these things we think about like new furniture or nice yeah. equipment yeah. Yeah. or all this stuff. And, and the church in, in China for the better part of a, a couple of generations has been growing and, and those people should fear for their lives yeah. for, for believing yeah. what they believe. And, and they, and they, they walk around in secret and, and meet in somebody's house under the threat of imprisonment or worse. And just like you're saying, I'm sure those pastors are thinking, why would you even co-? like, there's a part of them, you know, that's wondering why would you even yeah. come here? Yeah. Like there's not only is there nothing to, you would think materialistically to attract them, but there's actually a lot to fear. But just as you said, when God's doing something in people's hearts, yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe it's crazy, you know. We it's it's easy to, you know, we want churches to grow, so we do measure things and we do yeah. uh, try to do the best job we can do mm-hmm. uh, yeah. at at administering and at leading and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's it's a fool's errand to think that we really have any idea what God's doing. You yeah. know, we <laughs> we serve Him, and He we know He's doing a thousand things, and we're maybe aware of them of a couple of them. <laughs> That's right. exactly right. It's it's His church. He'll build it. And we focus so much on the, on the, this, that uh, we focus on things that at the end of the day, um, they don't matter as much as we think they do. And mm-hmm. there's times where, I mean, we had a choir when I first got here. Um, we, we, you know, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, what I hoped that a choir would be what I was kind of used to. And I, I let it bother mm-hmm. me because I'm like, man, we were already. I remember some visitors showed up the first, one of the first Wednesday nights I was here, and uh, it was just one of those Wednesday nights that was um, it was terrible. Uh, music was terrible, <laughs> and I went out in the yep. parking lot. I was so frustrated. My, I have a wonderful wife; um, she is like the best. And I remember fussing to her and saying, "Man, this is th- these visitors are coming, and we're this church is just we're not ready." And I remember her looking at me and just saying, your, your attitude's not right. Like you're looking at this at a, you're looking at this at the, the wrong way. This is a mm. church revitalization that you're here. God sent you here. Quit complaining. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> wow. it, was, it was a wake up call for me. Cause I realized mm. that I was so in, I was so engulfed in just things had to be perfect. And I'm, I'm sort of a perfectionist. I, I have to really, I have to really work at not being so rigid about certain things. And, um, I, I, I don't know, I don't know where that comes from, but I just do, I want things, I want things done right. And I think that we mm-hmm. ought to, but I think sometimes we almost push the spirit of God out because yeah. mm-hmm. maybe something didn't go the way. And so I've, I've noticed I've worked on that better, but in the early days, it was really tough on me. And I think God, when, when the fire happened and everything was in such disarray, that was for me more than anybody because God literally flipped my ministry upside down. I had nothing. I lost all my Bibles. I lost my commentaries. I lost childhood memories. I lost things in my office. And I, I mean, I lost it all. And God said, I'll take these things away to show you that at the end of the day, yeah. all you need. And, mm, yeah. uh, and that, and that's it. That's where I'm at today. People yeah. hook me down. So. I'd imagine that at least I can speak for us here. Something that me and pastor Tyler and clay often talk about is that through these difficulties, there is a unique spirit among the people that stuck, stuck around. Yeah. And have persevered through this an unusual unity that you don't really get unless you've really walked through a hardship. And I'm sure you can, you have story after story. You could tell of that even there. The people that was here when all that happened, uh, there's nothing that could blow them apart. I mean, it Mm -hmm, it united mm -hmm. us and, um, the people that's wow. come since, and there's been a lot of people come since, they have no idea. 
I mean, they have no idea what we've been through. They're seeing the brand new building. They're seeing all the things. They're like, wow, this church is growing. Wow. And I'm thinking you have no idea the yeah. journey that we've <laughs> been on and what God has done for this church. And it's yep. one day I could write a book. I, I One day I may do it just on our journey because it would encourage some pastor. Um, it would encourage some young preacher not to give up. You know, don't. I mean, there was yeah. times where I thought, what have I done? I mean, I left a thriving church. What have I mm-hmm. done? You know, but God was, he's just faithful. He's faithful and uh, he'll lead you through it. Yeah. There's nothing like, like God throwing your script out the window so that he can write a better story. But yeah. he, that's absolutely a great way to put it. And that's what he did mm-hmm. here for sure. And it's encouraging, you know, even to me to hear, I mean, you were only two years in to your pastorate. Yeah. You know, I think. Most of us would be sitting down thinking, all right, well, where am I headed next? Like, but it's encouraging to hear that you stuck with it, that you remain faithful in those times and that God has brought you through that. I don't know. That's, that's encouraging to me. I had a great example. My dad's been the same pastor, same church for 39 years and he's weathered storms. And, uh, I really believe this. I believe a lot of pastors, uh, it, you know, I don't know Well, I say a lot of pastors, but I believe that sometimes guys go to a church and they're almost looking to a few years to learn some things and then just to move on to the next better thing. I believe if if some of us would just marry a church, what I mean by that is literally give it all you got and say, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm staying here until the Lord comes or until I die or until God clearly shows me that he's through with me here and marry those people. I mean, just fall in love with that place we would see greater success. I think guys jump mm. ship too soon. I believe that they yeah. get discouraged and are like, well, they're looking for the next best thing. And I'm just, I got news for them. Trouble's going to be there too. And, yep. mm. and so, um, I, I'm just, man, that's uh, so true. I'm just going to stay. I, I, that's all I know. I love this place. Um, unless the Lord just moves me one day, which I hope he don't, but he could, um, but I believe he has me firmly here and, um, and, and I, I love these people. So, uh, I think guys just need to stay, you know, that's a good example yeah. to stay. That's great advice. And not just for, not just for ministry people, I would even say for church members too. I know it's a temptation yep. for people when, when a church goes through a difficult yep. time, you yep. know, there, there was a lot of times and, and I, and I know that our, our pastor was such a great example of that. I remember after hurricane Michael, you know, he, him and his brother, our pastor and his brother were in their house over there. He had sent his wife away out of town and he was, you know, a tree had landed on their house and rain was, you know, water was pouring into it and he was laying on the floor wondering if, if he was going to survive it. And, uh, and then to see in the months to follow, it crossed my mind. I wonder if he'll stay. I wonder if, you know, he's so, he's so early into this, into this church and into this pastorate, you know, maybe this is like, Hey, take this as a sign. Let's, let's start over. And I just, I'm sure he had his moments of doubt, but as far as everybody saw, he never blinked. This is where God had put him. And just to see his commitment and his wife's commitment and their faithfulness here and to see the, them. And it, it, there was that, that lesson to the whole church, like, Hey, they just got here. If, if they can stay, Mm -hmm. we can stay. You know, that's, it was such a, it was such a great example to everybody. And, and that's such an, a great advice you just gave to, to young people in ministry that are just starting. And, and also to anybody who's listening, who's just a church member, your church is going through a tough time. You know, there, there, there are some reasons to leave a church, but just going through a tough time, I, I don't think that's mm, one of them. That's yeah. a time to, that's a time to stay. That's a time to dig in. That's a time to pray more and, and get in touch with who God is and, and learn some things about yourself maybe and, and allow God to work through you. Well, as carnal as, as the Corinthian church was in first and second Corinthians, Paul never told any of them to leave. That's I mean, true. Never did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm talking about, they were, they were, that was a messed up church. Huge mess. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and Paul never said, leave the church, go find another one. Uh, go, go start another church. Nope. Stay, fix the problem. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's here's the letters that I here's what we need to do. And I think people sometimes just when when troubles come to a church, whether it be the pastor or like you said, late lay folks, the easy thing to do is I'm looking for another, I'm looking for a better church, or I'm looking for an easier way out, or <laughs> stay, you know, 
weather the storm. I'm telling you, even if even if other people leave, don't just follow. Don't be a follower. Um, yes. God's in it. Um, it's easy to leave. It's easy. I, I'm telling you right now, there's been times where I thought, man, it would be so easy just to walk away. And uh, mm-hmm. but that's not God's will. And that's not what God that will that would not please the Lord. And uh, there are times to leave, uh, especially if the Lord's moving you, but let him move you. He'll show you. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's something that I learned the hard way. Yep. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? But maybe you just need to water your own grass yeah, and keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pastor Cox, we have mostly like a young audience, ministry leaders, young Christians. If you had two or three pieces of advice, which, I mean, honestly, if you've been listening this whole time, there's been advice <laughs> peppered throughout this thing. So yeah. maybe just pause and go back. But uh, if you had maybe two or three more pieces of advice, or encouragement, or even some reflection for our audience. You know what would what would be some of those things that you'd share with them? Well, first, um, my relationship with the Lord. Uh, I, I, we must, we must, we must walk with God. And no matter what ministry position, no matter what you are in, in leadership, especially. And I, I, I would imagine. I, I don't know your audience as far as, but I would imagine a lot of ministry leaders do listen. Uh, younger ministry leaders or. Uh, that and then there may be some lay leaders, but whoever's listening to this, your walk with God is preeminent. It is it is the number one thing, and it takes priority. Uh, so your 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 Bible study and your prayer life, and and uh, we all have room to improve there. But my yep. relationship with the Lord. Secondly, my relationship with my family. Do not mm. let ministry dictate your time with your family and. I've seen that go so, so sideways with guys where they first come to a church revitalization or they come to a brand new ministry. And it's almost like they marry that ministry and they leave their family and their kids behind. That's not what happened here. My my wife was we were all in our kids. um, We were singing specials. We were doing things at the church. My wife's still very, very involved in most. They love her more than they do me. So, um, you know, <laughs> you know, we love, we love the ministry together, but it is not, yeah. it is not something that, I mean, learn to say no. Um, so for instance, uh, this past That's weekend, good. um, I did a wedding here in my office on Sunday, a sweet couple come to our church, met each other here, fall in love. They were older and, uh, I did it right here in my office. Um, but they asked me if I could do the wedding on Saturday. Uh, they text on the middle of the week or something or called me and, and uh, I'd already made plans with my kids on Saturday. Uh, they wanted to go to the retro toy con here in Greenville and see all the GI Joe's transformers and uh, masters of the universe and, and all that. So that's awesome. I'd already bought, I'd already told them we were going, I'd bought a few tickets to go. And um, I just told them, I said, you know what? Saturdays I can't. And I, and, and learning that, early in your ministry where your kids hear that and they see that it would have been awful mm-hmm. heartbreaking for my kids to say, you know, dad's got a wedding now, so he can't take us. Um, I want my kids to know that they come first and my yeah. wife comes first and you know what church, I love you. I'll marry you the next day. You can wait, you can wait a day. And uh, we mm-hmm. learned that early in ministry. Cause when you start leaving your family behind, you may gain a good ministry, but you'll lose your family. And I'll be yep. honest, what profit is it to gain a large ministry and lose your family? Mm. There's no profit to that. Yeah. And um, so th- those are some things that I learned from my dad. He was a great example. Um, and then don't sweat the small stuff. Um, you know, there's going to be things happen. There's going to be leadership stuff. You're going to have growing pains. And sometimes those things will keep you up all night. You'll fret about it. But like I said earlier, it's the Lord's church and he's going to work it out. And um, and and just just hang on. Uh, trust the Lord. And those are some, I guess, little little pieces of advice um, and study, study and read. Um, you, you ministry leaders learn to read, learn to study the word 
And then I like to listen to wonderful preachers too. I like to listen to, um, to guys that, that really preach the word and, um, and don't forget to pour into yourself. So sometimes we, as pastors and leaders, we pour into others so much that we neglect our own personal nourishment. And uh, we need some downtime. This year, I'm taking the month of July. It's been my first sabbatical. Uh, but for my family's sake and for my, for my sake, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, um, I want to take that month and just pour into my family. And so um, I know not everybody can do that into their pastorate right away, but um, we're at a, a good place in our ministry where our people see that uh, that is necessary for me. And uh, for, mm. because here's the deal, I'd rather I'd rather have longevity in the ministry than burn out and get tired of it. Yes. So, yep. you know, there's a lot of that. The ministry's tough. Think about it. Your pastor's already been through a hurricane. He's already been through COVID. We've been through the yep. church fire. We've been through COVID. We've been through some some other things. Um, these are they're good days to pastor, but they're going to come with difficult challenges. Uh, how do you navigate mm -hmm. through these things? And people literally just say, "I'm done with this. I can go get a job and not worry about any of it." Um, that's yeah. what a lot of guys are are wanting to do. They have them thoughts about giving up. And I feel like if we took time mentally, physically, spiritually to invest in, in us, not to be selfish, but to say, I've got to have some time for me or I'm going to go crazy. That needs to happen more so than not. Uh, for instance, mm. I run 20 miles a week. So I ran four miles today for my physical help. I'm, I'm not a fast runner. I'll run about an eight minute, 45 second mile. Um, mm -hmm. But I do it for my physical well-being. I feel better. Um, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to be out of shape and feel bad. Um, and it just does something for my mind. I'm a hunter, so next next week I'll be in Texas, and uh, then the week or two after that I'll go to Arkansas for a few days. I like to hunt. It clears my mind. It gives me something to focus on besides church, 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 problems, mm. problems, problems. Um, and I'm okay with that. It, it just, I come back refreshed and uh, we need to learn and have more of that instead of just mm. ministry all the time. It's okay to have a little downtime. And yeah. And I'm sure you come back from some of that stuff. You just come back because you're, because you're refreshed. It makes you more, more effective, more absolutely. Uh, rejuvenated, more invigorated to do the next thing, you absolutely. know, to jump right in both feet. I'm sure that that gives you that, that ability to come back even stronger. If I didn't do it, uh, I would be in trouble because I know me, my mind goes places. I get, I battle just personal, um, mind battles, uh, spiritual warfare. And, uh, I know that it keeps me as a pastor refreshed, focused. It keeps me, um, just in tune with what's going on. And I have a wonderful lay staff and uh, I have an assistant. And uh, they do a great job, and they uh, they 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 are they're really young leaders that I'm I'm hoping to groom for uh, whatever the Lord has for them. So um, take the time, take the time. Sometimes we say, "No, I can't do it. I can't be away." You can just for a little bit, even if it's a day. Yeah. But take the time to reset, have a hobby, do something that gets your mind engaged, or at least. On, on that end, so you can then refocus on the task at hand. And it's helped me. I've always been an outdoorsman. I love it. And, uh, but, um, you know, it just helps me kind of decompress, I guess is the word. So, yeah, you know, take care of yourself spiritually, physically, and, and mentally. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, financially too, you want to make sure you, even at a young age, don't, don't back yourself into a corner. Because it's sad right. that guys, as they get older, they can't retire because they um, have made some poor financial decisions at our age. And, and I'm older yeah, than right. you guys, but you can start now. And right. you got young kids, it's hard. But but when they get older, you know, do some things that it doesn't tie you down. Uh, and, and I try to tell guys that um, 
you know, I know we're laying up treasures above and that's the most important, but that wife needs to have some security and I could Mm -hmm. live in a tent. I'll be honest. I don't care, but my wife, my (laughs) wife doesn't want to live in a tent um, or a van down by the river, you know, that's right. (laughs) I I want her to feel secure and and God's been extra, just so good to us. And um, so, you know, we want to be, we want to be good stewards of what the Lord has. So when that, when that time comes, make the most of it and make some wise decisions in your younger years. And it'll pay off if the Lord tarries is coming, it'll pay off. And uh, you'll see some fruit from that. A lot of what you said in, in just talking about investing, uh, you just talked about finances, inve- uh, be, getting uh, literate financially and, and making wise choices. You talked about your physical and mental health. You talked about your own spiritual health. You talked about your familial health, making sure you're taking time for your family. Yeah. This is all stuff that it sort of reminds me of the um, when you get on the airplane and they tell you, don't help anybody. You can't help anybody else with their mask yeah. until you, you put, put your, your own, own on first. Yeah. And, you know, over over First Peter 5, he says that you're in samples to the flock. Absolutely. And, right. You know, if how can you model a healthy family life or how can you how can you teach healthy family life, healthy spiritual life, healthy emotional life, healthy mental life. If you're not modeling it, you know, you're good. You can say it to your blue in the face, but really showing first and, and living, living in a place where, like you said, it's about, it's about longevity. If you really want to, I mean, it would be great if more pastors could, could, and more churches had a relationship where, where they allowed their leaders and where the leaders allowed themselves. Cause I think it's probably a, a whole lot of both. I know yeah. it's, it's hard to say no. It's like, well, I, I can't, they can't do it without me. Like you said, yeah, they can. Um, allowing yourself to turn it off yeah. and, and it takes some humility to do that. Yeah. You have to, you know, say, say that I don't have to be here all the time. They don't need me all the time. Every things will be fine. God's got yeah. it. Goes back to it being his church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you want to have a pastor for 30 years, and him not be like you said, absolutely cooked by yeah. eleven yeah. years. Yeah, maybe let maybe invest in him. And I, I'm really encouraged to hear that your church is sending, like you're going off for next. Was that next year for a month or something? That's that's. I wish more churches at at six or seven years would say, "Hey, take a little bit of a longer break." Yeah, um, that's a wonderful be, thing. It'll be about six and a half years or uh, over six years, and that's awesome. And, and yeah, just three or four weeks, three or four Sundays, your church will still be there. Yeah. <laughs> and if after right. six or seven years that you can't afford to be away or in, in some guys, it may be different. Maybe it's 10 years. I'm not sure. But, but if you can't afford to be away for that many weeks in a row, then your church is not as healthy as you may think. We have a healthy church. We have, we have some good folks. It'll survive. And it may even thrive. I would love to hear have yep. great services without me here. Um, so yep. And that, that, what an opportunity too to de- you were talking about developing young leaders. Yeah. What an opportunity that for you've mentors. been working hard, you've been studying. Yeah, step up and step up. and let your as Paul said to Timothy, let let your let your gifting let your yeah. let your profiting appear before all. That's exactly right. We want everyone to step up, and that's always healthy. And let me add this real quick: um, the day that our wives. Our wives are done with ministry is the day we're done. Mm. Mm. We can't do it without them. Yeah, that's right. And so you got to make sure that they are mentally and physically and spiritually and even financially taken care of where they're not burnt out. Because the day my wife says I'm done um, and she's again, she is 100 percent. She loves this place. But the day if she ever just said, Steve, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of this. Um, what what would I do? I mean, you can't drag her and you can't. Right her. And so that's why it's so important that we as ministry leaders make sure not only our condition and our mental state, physical and all is good, but make sure the ones around us that we love the most feels the same way. And mm. if it's not, then take a time out and say, hey, Let's 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 meet and let's let's get this out before it gets ugly. You don't want that. And so right. that, that's a burden of mine, of course, for young ministry students and, and um, leaders and different ones that are really just now getting in or been in it for a few years. This will be next year will be my 20th year of full time ministry. So I'm no longer a rookie. 
uh, by any stretch. Uh, but I'm not what I would call a seasoned, uh, what I would call um, a veteran. Uh, I guess I am a veteran to some, but um, I look at some of the men that's been in this thing a lot longer, like my dad in that age. Uh, those men are retiring. They're kind of stepping aside. They've made some wise decisions. And, and it's going to be like my age that's going to be in a few years leading the forefront. And, uh, you know, I had a guy call me today about some about some decisions in his church. I'd never met the guy. But again, social media creates what we do here. You know, it, it creates yeah, a different sure. avenue to be a blessing. So he called his church is growing and he, he needs some decisions to make there. And I talked to him for and I'm thinking as soon as I hung up, I'm like, man, Lord. I'm not worried that even talk to anybody about, you know, look at, I'm just a, uh, really, I'm just a country boy that pastors a church that God is blessing. It ain't like I know anything. And yet the Lord somehow connects people and they think, you know, stuff. So they call you and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then it's a humbling thing for me. Um, I, I want it to stay that way. I don't want to ever get puffed up mm. with pride thinking that I know something. I'm still just trying to figure this all out. And honestly, if you were to show up at Bible this Sunday, um, you would see that, you know, I'm just I'm trying to just be a humble servant um, that pastors God's flock and tries to lead it into um, another generation reaching our community for Christ. And and um, and that's what that's what it's really all about. So, um, well, you may you may be just figuring this out, but you're, but you're helping us figure it out. So that's a yeah, blessing, for right? Real. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, could I ask a bonus question? Sure. Um, what would you say? Because I, I don't know that, um, that my generation especially has, has really accounted for the effects of the technology revolution and the effect that you mentioned social media where, where we're kind of trying to take advantage of the positive effects it can have. Mm -hmm. How can we collaborate more, encourage one another more kind of a, what Hebrew says, exhorting one another so much, the more yeah. as we see the day yeah. approach, how would you caution uh, young people to just be aware of, of some of the pitfalls of, of, of both, that hyper comparison that happens with technology yeah. and with the, the, the idea that every, everybody else's thing looks like it's going great. And mine's just, you know, just, yeah. you know, silly old me basically as Winnie the Pooh said, yeah. or who, who is, is that Winnie the Pooh? Your brother, just, I got no idea, I'm, man. Oh, uh, I'm, I, I was, you know what? I was thinking when Christopher says silly old bear, whatever, uh, yeah. <laughs> I butchered, I butchered that, whatever. But the, um, but just cautioning against that hyper comparison and then two getting, getting drug into, um, I, the Lord has really been working on my heart lately about, um, allowing myself to be drug into, uh, fights that aren't mine, you know, and we can, we can put a higher priority if we're not careful on, um, on fighting and, and, and being outraged about the things our hands can't actually touch and thinking it's more important than the things, than diligence and the things our hands can touch. Yeah. Um, and so would you mind speaking a little bit to that, that temptation for young people? So personally, um, you kind of nailed it there at the beginning, the, the hyper comparison that that is such a danger um, where we look because we only post the, the good stuff. Right. We have a, a good day. Mm, yep. We want to get that yep. the right shot of the crack. <laughs> you know, everybody does it. Um, yep. We want to post. Yeah, those empty chairs. We keep those empty chairs out of the shot. That's right, right. <laughs> and uh, and I see some guys that really do try to um, keep it real, where they they will post a few uh, things about low days and stuff. But the majority of us will only for that Instagram. We want them likes, so we 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 put out the 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 good. And so that that is a danger, fellas. Is is that was not around when I first got in the ministry. It came on like a storm. Uh, in um, in my in probably I don't know 2008 or nine probably 2009 or 10 somewhere around there for me and I started noticing and, and through it there's been some good things I met some wonderful guys like you I've met some 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 men that love the Lord and um, but I've seen the negative um, and and you get so engulfed in drama uh, yeah. for instance a few years ago it ain't even been a few years ago. Um, you know, I got attacked on, which is not the first time, 
but I, I've got attacked a few times by several men um, that from the pulpit. And obviously with social media and live stream, you can mm-hmm. have people record and they automatically will know. And it blew up. I mean, it, it, uh, it blew up. Uh, and, <laughs> and um, it was, uh, it was harsh because he was not only talking about me, but, but, uh, and, and these other guys, but um, talking about my wife and saying stuff about her from the pulpit, people laughing, some of them saying, amen. And, it, and there was a point where, uh, you know, it hurt me and I could have definitely got involved in some mudslinging and uh, calling names and doing stuff like that. Matter of fact, there was some guys that wanted me to, but uh, I can't do that, man. I, I, I can't do that and, and stay right with the Lord. And uh, mm-hmm. my people know barely nothing of that. One of the ladies, I don't know how she found out as a lady in our church, she, uh, she, she found out, she said, pastor, I, I, she said, I can't believe that someone would, would say these things about you. And, and, uh, and so she was just, she was almost in tears. Um, but you know what, all that stuff passes over. And to be honest, what people's going to remember is how I responded. And they're going to remember what you respond. And, you know, those tweets don't go away and they're going to be stored somewhere mm. in the clouds. And one day somebody's going to bring them up and people are watching. And uh, I noticed that Facebook doesn't have near the drama that Twitter does a lot because most of the time your members would be watching. And I, I don't want my, yeah. I don't want my members seeing that behavior. Right. So yep. I tend to use social media just for encouragement. Now, there was a time three or four years ago, maybe even, I don't know, There, I would put some um, stuff out there that might stir the pot, you know, and I'm a thinker, so I like to think uh, outside the box a little bit, not outside the Bible, but I, I like to think outside the box. Some guys are a little bit more, um, you know, rigid. And so I've had friends of a lifetime that no longer talk to me. Um, I had places I preached mm. that you're no longer accept. That stuff's going to happen. And what people don't understand, they tend to criticize. And so they think that we may be whatever. I've had, I've been accused of being a Southern Baptist, nothing wrong, with that, <laughs> but I've been accused of being Southern Baptist because I, I preach mm. in Southern Baptist places. I'll have some preach here, um, but I'm independent. I just, I'm balanced. And I think we're all on the same team if you preach Jesus. And That's they're right. interested in people being saved. And, and, uh, but guys, yep. some cannot spiritually handle that. They cannot handle right. the fact that you would be friends with, with the bad guys. And, uh, and that's so silly. That sounds like mm-hmm. stuff we're, we're fighting about on a playground when we're, you know, in the third grade. Uh, yeah. I don't have time for that. So I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to be an encouragement to guys like you. And I'm not going to sling mud because I, I've got a son that's on Twitter. And uh, he's 15 and he's watching dad and I don't want him to behave mm. like that when, when he's my age or, mm. or even more so I want to revere, uh, not, not so much reverence, reverence belongs to the Lord, but I want to esteem some men in, in my son's eyes. I don't want my son to be looking at preachers in a negative light. I want him to think that preachers are good and they don't behave like children. And so, um, um, wow. You know, that's that's why I kind of treat social mm. media that way. Now, I, I've been in some thought provoking um, interaction on Twitter. I love that. I love it when a guy. Yeah. Can, so there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes guys take that and get real defensive and they start. Yeah. You know, personal. Yeah. yeah. That, that's you know, that's between them and whatever. But um, but just the outright mean, nasty, ugly stuff. Uh, I don't want no part of that at all. So, um, yeah, that's good stuff. I think it, I think it was, uh, earlier this year when we interviewed, uh, pastor Josh Tice that he was said that he, he mentioned, he said, you'll win with social media when you realize it is not you and another person having a conversation. It's you and another person having a conversation on a panel in front of an audience. And, uh, but you just added another wrinkle to that because you said, I want to, I want to, I want to tweet. I want to post, I want to interact in a way that my 15 year old son can look up to and, and where you would want him to model that one day. Yeah. 
And I just, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like maybe I should interact in a way online in a way that I'm, I would be okay with my children are young. I got a seven, a five and a two year old. So they're young. Um, but I think to myself, man, I want to, what a, what a good goal to interact online in a way that like you mentioned in the clouds, (laughs) all everything's being stored. They could read those one day and say, yeah, that's my dad. I'm proud of him. It'll be here. The way he handled himself. Listen, it'll be here more than, uh, it'll be here sooner than you think. Um, yep. You know, my son was, uh, when, when I got here, we was, he was uh, eight years old. And, um, so, you know, all them things going back all that, you know, I just want to be the example because I want my son to love the ministry. I want him to love God. And I don't want to be a mudslinging preacher. I just don't. I, I grew up in an era where that was, they didn't have social media, when, but they had papers. And they would send those yeah. <laughs> papers. And, and there was like conferences that you would go to, and they would literally name names. And I went to places, and I thought that was preaching. I literally thought, that was good preaching. And yeah, and, and that's not even in the same hemisphere. Uh, that's not preaching. And so um, nope. that I don't want any of that. If you have any ties to that, I don't want anything to do with that's why I don't need yeah. conferences. And uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And if there was a good one, I'd go to it. But I, I don't want to be lumped into a certain camp or circle. Yeah or anything. I just, I just want to please the Lord and help others in any way I can. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I've tried to handle social. That's good stuff. To a certain degree. Yeah. 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 There's a difference between politics and preaching the word. There's no question about that. And I think there's definitely a lot of people who get it confused. Um, You can't intertwine them. If you try, it's a disaster. Preach the word, mm -hmm. preach the word, the instant in season, out of season. And Paul gives us a whole list of things, but he does not say preach your preferences and 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 pick that bone or or, or stir that pot uh, right in there. Just leave it alone. And uh, and, and if, listen, get off social media if you can't handle it. Uh, I've told that to several guys who struggle. Oh, I struggle with it. I get off of it if you can't mm-hmm. discern between flesh and spirit. You can't discern between yeah. the, and just. Don't let it be a stumbling block. Get off. Amen to that. You know, yeah. if, if you have to. But don't block, don't block everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's very reminiscent of what uh, Stephen Covey, I think it is, taught about living with the end in mind. Yeah. And I think our generation, it's time to like really step up and live that, you know, knowing that it, and this is something that I probably struggle with more than others maybe, you get like tunnel vision right in front of you Oh yeah, and you only see what's happening right now. But I really appreciate what you've been saying because it's been a reminder to look down the road to remember that the way it is right now, someone could potentially point back to and say, remember, remember what you said back then? It's important to live with the end in mind. So yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Thank you. I, I just, um, that's, that's, and again, I had to, I had to learn that, but, um, that, uh, that is the way I'm trying my best to do now. So yeah, you guys have been a blessing. You really have. Um, I, I hope one day to get to meet you personally, but, uh, man, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for taking the time. This has been, this has been very encouraging. Yes. Very yes. encouraging. Yeah. Pastor Steven, do you have a few books that maybe are your favorites, anything, maybe something, maybe something you just really enjoyed reading recently that you'd recommend to our audience outside the Bible. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, So a couple books that I, that impacted me, um, as, as, uh, let's say a guy that was just right into the ministry. There was one book called the heartbeat of the holies, uh, by Keith Noss, uh, Holies. Uh, it's a little book about 90, about 90 pages. Uh, it's a real easy read, but that book impacted me. Um, I, I can't even put words. I just, sometimes I even tear up thinking about it. It was in a time where I was wanting to know God more. And, uh, that man, I'm not even sure if he's living. I'm not sure, um, worry, uh, worry pastor. I, I just know that every chapter he wrote in that book, 
uh, impacted my life. Another book that impacted me greatly is, on revival is Leonard Ravenhill. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, his his writings um, uh, on, on why revival tarries, um, which is a classic, um, that impacted me early I, I, on the power of God. Um, also, and I'm, I'm a bit old school. I still read a lot of books. Um, there's some really good books that I've read recently. Um, uh, Dane Ortland wrote a book on Jesus recently on the meek and lowly. Have you read that? That's a great book on our our Savior. Oh yeah, and the attributes there. Um, uh, a few years ago, I read a book by, um, uh, oh, um, I'll think of it here in just a minute. I've got his face in it. It's called, uh, a dangerous calling. Um, you're, uh, who was the author of that? Um, Paul Tripp. Paul Tripp. So he wrote that book and I know we don't line up on everything together, but you know, we, we read books and, and man, get, get what another man has, has put out there and get yes. out what. That's a great one too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a lot of these were more forming for me uh, as a man, as a um, as a leader. Uh, one book by uh, Jim Cimbala on fresh wind, fresh fire on the on the um, I guess his ministry, kind of a testimony on his ministry and how he prayed, and of course anything by Ian Bounds on prayer, um, you know, power through prayer and the preacher in, in his prayer life and. There's some new books. I, I do recommend that if you are a reader, uh, there's a preacher out here. Maybe you've seen this guy. Um, he's a dear friend of mine, Kenny Kuykendall. Kenny, mm-hmm. um, he writes books for a lot of ministry leaders, and uh, he has books on um, on prayer. He has books on uh, on the preacher. Uh, I think he has one called The Preacher in His Prayer Life. Um, he's got different books that are just anything by Kenny Kuykendall. I, I put my, uh, put my stamp of approval on. He's, he's currently writing books and they're not boring and they're very informative, very helpful. And so, uh, those are some books that I think would be great to at least start out with, but some of those y'all may have never heard of. Um, some are, uh, are a little newer, but, uh, they're very helpful in my ministry. Well, before we sign off, would you mind closing us with a word of prayer? I sure would. I'd be honored to. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, uh, Lord, to come on this podcast and just, uh, Lord, try to be a blessing. I realize that I'm, I'm, I'm nothing without you, and I realize that I'm uh, just weak and, and um, sometimes, um, Lord, just uh, frail and not in my own ability. I, I mess up all the time, but Lord, my prayer is today that through your strength and through your power, that God, even over these these airwaves, that, Lord, someone will download this podcast or listen and get some encouragement. And, Lord, we don't know who will download this and, and who will listen, but, Lord, I pray that some preacher somewhere, some pastor, some ministry leader uh, will uh, listen to this. And, and, Lord, not maybe they were thinking about giving up or thinking about moving somewhere better or thinking about uh, just throwing in the towel. And my prayer is that, Lord, uh, through this podcast, that they would, uh, Lord, stay where they're at and weather the storm. Maybe it will cause them to think a little bit. Maybe it will cause them to pray a little bit. I'm not sure. But, Lord, may you receive glory through everything that was said, everything that was done. May you receive maximum glory. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Young Baptist Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Young Baptist Pod. And check out our website at theyoungbaptistpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to leave a review wherever you consume the content. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time on the Young Baptist Podcast.